Okay, this is Christ the King Sunday, and we're turning to Ephesians chapter 1. Um, by the way, I was, I, I was kicked off of Facebook. I was put into Facebook purgatory uh, for violating community standards. And I'm not sure, first of all, I'm not sure Facebook has any community standards, but, but apparently uh, my wife thinks it's my theology. I think it's my politics, uh, or I just think... Uh, the Russians didn't like what I said. But at any rate, whatever, whoever controls the, whoever is behind the screen. If so, if you're trying to talk to me on Facebook, don't take it personally. Then I'm not responding. But I have a new, I have a new one. So uh, maybe it's a sign that it's time to just leave that beast behind, right? It could be. Right? All right. Well, I invite you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. It's a powerful passage. Um, it is, it is a very thick passage, and uh, we had a great time breaking it down in the men's Bible study uh, this week. I just want to remind you, we do have a men's Bible study on Tuesdays from 11.30 to 12.30, and we have a women's Bible study now that meets at the same time. So those are open. Any of you are welcome to come to this. But this is a very thick passage, so I would really even encourage you to, to think about it on your own, read it. I'm only going to read through verse 14, all right? Listen to the word of God. I'm gonna read it from my Bible here. I think this is not quite what I wanted, so let's, uh, let's listen to it from Ephesians chapter one, beginning with verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. He destined us in love to be his children through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. For he has made known to us in all wisdom and insight the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things, According to the counsel of his will, we who first hoped in Christ have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory. In him you also have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and have believed in him. We're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, which is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. May God bless the hearing and reading of his holy word. Let's pray. Lord, in the midst of the many words, both within and without us, we turn to you, the true and unchanging word. We pray all this thing in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Remember playing tag or capture the flag? We used to play capture the flag when I was a young life staff person, and people started breaking their arms and legs during it. So we got a message from headquarters. We couldn't play capture the flag anymore. So we just changed the name and kept playing it. 
And then we got a, we got another message from headquarters saying, even if you change the name, you can't play it anymore. So, and here, uh, this insurance insurance companies rule the world, right? But you you'd have either this wonderful frantic game, and if you played the way we did, there was always a base, right? And if you got to base, you were safe. Or like, were you remember being scared at night? And you'd get under the covers, and, and somehow that made it safe. My mom, um, this was my first Thanksgiving without her, so she's been on my mind a lot. And when I first moved her, uh, a year after my dad died, and she was in early stages of dementia, I moved her to an apartment near me, only 10 minutes away. And it was a tough adjustment. And one night, we had this horrific thunderstorm, and it knocked out all the power. And I couldn't get her on the phone, Okay. So I drove to her apartment. I, you know, opened the door. I yelled, Mom, no answer. I walk into her bedroom, and she's in bed with her head covered. And I think, oh, no. Now, again, it didn't dawn on me that, that she covered her head. <laughs> My first impression was, Mom. And, and finally she said, oh, hi, Bill. How are you? And I sit on the corner of bed. I go, I'm, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. I just put my head under the cover because it was thundering and it makes me feel safe. You should try it sometime. <laughs> Finding a safe place or a safe space. St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they find their homes in God. And the way to being in God the truth or reality of being in God, the very life of being in God is ours because we are in Christ. As Paul says here, blessed be the God, the Father who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He destined us in love to his children through Jesus Christ. In Christ we have redemption Forgiveness lavished on us. God has revealed all wisdom and the mystery of his will, which is set forth in Christ. This is the reality in which Chase was baptized into today. It is a grace that you were baptized into as well. Remembering our baptism, um, I remember the first time I heard that phrase. I grew up in kind of revivalist Baptist um, uh, churches, so we didn't talk this way, but I was singing. I remember as a young man, I was singing at a Methodist church, and they were doing a baptism, and the minister was saying, remember your baptism, and he was walking up and down the aisles throwing water at us, saying, remember your baptism, and that reminded me why I didn't go to a Methodist church at the time. You know? What is this? But years later, having come through a really tough time, and um, for the first time in 20 years, I was sitting in a congregation as opposed to leading a congregation. And, uh, and it was an Episcopal church in Center City, Philadelphia, who I was doing some work for. And in the midst of a really tough time, there was a baptism. And 
we did the liturgy of remembering our baptism. And it was one of the most powerful experiences I've had as an adult because I was reminded that my identity wasn't as a pastor, but as a child of God. And that being in Christ meant that grace would ultimately win in my life and in the world. Your baptism is the ground of your faith and life today. It is the basis of your hope. One of the keys in benefiting from this objective reality of being in Christ is to remember who you are. See, your being in Christ has nothing to do with you. It's the gift of God. We all are like Chase in a very real sense. You don't choose God. God chooses you. Okay? Uh, now, he was very cooperative today. <laughs> but even if he was screaming and yelling and pounding at me, uh, that wouldn't change the, the reality. Even in your most rebellious, or probably the bigger problem is not so much rebellion, but negligence, right? And sometimes negligence of our faith is more dangerous, right? Because when you're rebelling... You're angry about something. So anger is actually a living relationship with God. I remember someone who said they were an atheist. And they said, I'm an atheist and I'm so angry at God. And I go. <laughs> and then they kind of smiled and they go, all right, I'm not a very good atheist. <laughs> right. But how many of us are just negligent? I mean, we, we live in a day where it's just, it's been put to the side. It doesn't change God. It just denies us the benefit of these riches that Paul talks about here. Though we only have this moment, and we live in a moment, one moment at a time. Okay, now we're in a new one. And a new one, right? <laughs> The past is also so much of who we are as we move towards some kind of future. You know, I mentioned my mom and she, she had middle stages of dementia. And, and one of the things that was fascinating about it was she had the ability to kind of live in all times at the same time. And, and I'm not trying to romanticize it. it was, it's a horrible disease. But one of the things that was really kind of poignant was... She was very much still the daughter of her, of, her child, of, her, of her parents, my grandparents. At times, she still was, she, she didn't, wasn't quite sure where dad was. And she talked about how much she loved him. But then she would remember she's my mom. I, I was joking with Laura. Sometimes it was when she saw Laura, she goes, oh, I'm so glad you're taking care of him. Other times she was, you better take care of him. <laughs> so she was mom. <laughs> that's how she was, actually. <laughs> right? And, and that's kind of what it means to be a Christian. This threefold dimension of time, our past, the present, and the future, is, is in today's passage in a really rich way. It's one of the ways you can kind of understand and break this passage down. Because it is a labyrinth of grammar, and it is an artful construct of doxology. 
I don't know, do you remember, did any of you ever have to diagram sentences? Remember how to do that? Okay. This passage is one sentence in Greek. It's 202 words in Greek. Okay. It is the second longest sentence in the New Testament. It's layered with prepositional phrase, participles, and clauses. I taught Ephesians at a graduate level one time, so I thought it'd be fun to diagram this Greek sentence. That was really a mistake, because it was awful. But, it's this, but it created this beautiful structure. If you, if you diagram this sentence, it's almost a cathedral. And the words here are like a cathedral to God. Because at the heart of this passage, all these prepositional phrases, all these participles, is that in and through Christ, God has lavishly given his grace and love to us, who are his children, who are his children twice. The eighth day of creation. We are created by God and we are adopted by God. And this is not for us alone, but the cosmos is to be redeemed. It says here, in the fullness of time, when all things will be united to him, things in heaven and things on earth. The Lord's Prayer. May your kingdom come. In the creed, we talk about the kingdom come, the descent and the ascent of God, that all things will someday be brought under God. In the past, you were chosen before the foundation of time in Christ. You were destined in love. You were heard and believed this. In present, we have redemption and forgiveness through grace. And in the future, we look forward to all things will be made well. And as we look at the world around us, we can only pray for that day. There's also a three-throat structure that reminds us of the Trinity. Praise to be God the Father, blessed who blessed and chose and predestined us. In Christ is who we were chosen in. In Christ we have redemption and grace. And we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now, I've never watched a single episode of any of the CSI shows, which is no small accomplishment since there seems to be 150 of them. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for them to get like a CSI Dorset, right? They have one of every other town, right? <laughs> um, but I think being a profiler, an FBI profiler, is fascinating to me. Um, and for instance, there was a period of time, have you heard either Frederick Beekner or Prairie Home Companion story in a sermon? You could be reasonably sure that that preacher went to Princeton Theological Seminary sometime during 1984 to 1992. I one time got thanked on a sermon I turned in. They said, thank you for not using Frederick Beekner as an illustration, right? <laughs> that was, uh, but he's beautiful illustrations. And I know Garrison Keillor uh, has gone on to, has rightfully been removed from his position, but he could tell a story. And so I don't think I ever heard this on Prayer Home Companion, but I think I heard this story in a sermon at Princeton Theological Seminary. And you may have remember the story of the storm home. He tells a story that growing up in Minnesota, that there was always a possibility that a blizzard would come during a day and, and kids would be stranded. That actually happened in suburban Philadelphia uh, while I lived there. Kids got stranded at a middle school um, for 24 hours, which 
if you don't believe in literal hell, there we are, right there it is. <laughs> At any rate, and so there was this idea that everybody was assigned um, on the first day of school a storm home. You had a slip of paper with an address on it. It said, this is your storm home. In case of a blizzard during a school day, you could go and be safe at the storm home and spend a night there. And I'll pick up the narrative. Mine was the Krugers. My storm home was the Krugers, an old couple who lived in a little green cabin down by the lake. And I can see it now because I have walked past it so many times. It was the kind of house that if you were a child and lost in a dark forest and came across it in a clearing, you would know that there was a kindly old couple living there that would take you in and rescue you, and that you were a lucky child who had gone in a story with a happy ending. I often dream of going to see them when things got hard. Blizzards aren't the only storms, you know, and not necessarily the worst thing that could happen to a child. And I often dreamed of going and knocking on the door, and she'd open the door and say, oh, it's you, I knew you'd come someday, won't you come? Get out of these wet clothes. Come on into the kitchen. I'm going to make you some hot chocolate. Would you like an oatmeal cookie? I never did go there. We never had any blizzards that came during the day that year or the year after that. They were all convenient blizzards, evening, weekend blizzards. But they became a part of my imagination. I always thought that I could go to the Krugers. And I didn't, I guess, because all my troubles were bearable troubles. But I am certain that they were more bearable for imagining that the Krugers were there. Christ is our storm home. Being in Christ is our safe harbor. The reality of your baptism the reality of the work that God has done through Christ is yours. You belong to God. And nothing in this world or the world to come can separate you from that love. You are loved like this beautiful baby boy is loved by the God of the universe who will hold you in your yesterdays and your today and for all of your tomorrows. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. I invite you to stand and proclaim the faith that we have baptized, chase into the faith that we believe 